Welcome back to our Clarity Podcast. Clarity is a one-year experience here at Fellowship where we are seeking to see Jesus more clearly. I'm Nick. I'm Garland. And uh, today we're going to talk about the Sabbath in, in reading about the life of Jesus. Uh, we see this, this issue of Sabbath comes up a lot. Jesus is doing ministry on the Sabbath, and something about him, what he's doing on the Sabbath, becomes a point of contention between him and the religious leaders. So we just want to talk what's going on with the Sabbath and why is it so important. So Garland, you want to take us there? Yeah, well, we got to get our, our understanding of what's going on with the Sabbath from the Old Testament first, but I think when we first see it in reading through the Gospels, it used to always, I, I guess what I thought was going on is Jesus Jesus intentionally wants to frustrate <laughs> the religious leaders and he he keeps doing stuff on the sabbath he keeps healing people on the sabbath he's eating on the sabbath his disciples are doing stuff on the sabbath and i used to i just didn't know what was going on and my assumption was jesus is really 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 good at antagonizing this particular group of people and uh in in because i like to antagonize people i thought well that's commendable and i like that about jesus and the thing i guess he's antagonized he's trying to get kind of get I'm frustrated about is their legalism. That was always, I think, the way that I read that is Jesus is mad because this group of people are too legalistic with this thing called the Sabbath, and therefore he wants to kind of make them angry and pick a fight. Okay. I mean, That's yeah, what I, that, that sounds how I've read it often, so... That's not what's going on. Yeah, what's the, going on. The problem is that's just not what's going on at all, and uh, that's because we just don't understand what's going on with the Sabbath, or maybe I didn't understand what was going on with the Sabbath. So what we want to do here is just help make some sense of what's what this concept of the Sabbath is and what it is that Jesus is doing, because uh, he keeps doing it over and over and over again in the New Testament. Sabbath day, Sabbath day, Sabbath day. And so we want to make sense of why that's going on. So uh, we got to go Old Testament here. Is that good? That's great. Take Let, us there. Let's dive in. The The Hebrew word for Sabbath is this word Shabbat. Shabbat. That's Shabbat. It's a great. It's a great word to say. And uh, this word occurs a whole bunch of times in our Old Testament. It occurs a bunch of times in the Greek translation in our New Testament. And what we see with this concept, this word Shabbat, is it's the first time we see it is in Exodus. The first time we get mention of this word is our second book in. So we're we're quite a ways in, and we get this concept of Shabbat being brought. And probably where most of us think of the Sabbath right off the bat is where. Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. So that's yeah. where we think of it, and that's why you know restaurants, I guess, and some stores were closed in America on Sunday because, hey, that's in our Ten Commandments. And oftentimes, I think that's the first place we start with this idea of the Sabbath is it's one of the commandments, and so therefore it must be important. And the Ten Commandments are repeated twice. We get them in Exodus twenty, yep. and we get them in Deuteronomy chapter five. And both time the both times the Sabbath is mentioned with a little bit different reason for why it's being given, but both times God says to keep or to honor or to remember this thing called the Sabbath. And for me, even hearing that, I go, I don't understand this. Like, right. what is this thing called the Sabbath? And what we what we actually have to do is we have to go all the way back to the very first part of our Bible. We have to go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, because this is where the concept of Sabbath really begins. And uh, as we dive into Genesis 1, this creation account, Genesis chapter 1, 1 through 2, 3, we got to try to clear some of our kind of some of our picture away before we dive in and look at this, because I think for a lot of us, when we get to Genesis 1, we think, let's talk about the material origins of the universe, 
Darwin evolution and all of that. And uh, we want to kind of clear the deck and look at it with fresh eyes to see some of what the, the author is doing uh, as he as he writes this out for us. Okay, so uh, when we when we go to Genesis, how do we how do we get to Sabbath from from Genesis? So obviously the the Sabbath originates, and in Exodus twenty, it's it's we're told to look back at Genesis like a hyperlink. Go back to Genesis one. We see that. Yahweh, you just talked about a hyperlink. A hyperlink. You like That's that? Good. Yeah, yep. it's hyperlinking you back to Genesis 1 um, because Yahweh rested on the seventh day. Okay. And for me, that always used to seem odd. Like, okay, I want to know about how the universe came to be and animals and dinosaurs, and I want to know all these questions about creation, and yet we have an entire day where God does nothing but rest. Yeah. That Which seemed out of place to me. Seems surprising, even the idea that God yeah, why to rest. Is God tired? Is God sleepy? Is he worn out? Why is God resting? And it, mm-hmm. it seems to contribute very little. And I think if you're like me and you're listening to this, that was the day I just sort of skipped through. Like, okay, right. here's all the cool stuff. And then I guess we get this tired God situation, which makes no sense. Let me move past that. And what we do when we when we read the book of Genesis that way, in the first chapter of Genesis that way, is we actually miss the entire point of this story in Genesis chapter one in the, in the ancient culture for a deity in the, we're talking ancient Near Eastern culture, Mesopotamia, Egypt, Hittite culture for the deity to come and rest with his people in and among his people was a way for the ancient culture to understand that the deity not is sleepy or tired, but has come to dwell with his people to come and dwell in their midst, to come and be with him. So think about the story of creation. Okay. You have we have a literary account of 6 days of God bringing order from a kind of wasteful uninhabitable place. So we have this verse Genesis 1:2, this dark darkness over the surface of the deep waters and seems like it's unordered. And in 6 days God brings order and he brings the function of the the universe to to their culminating purpose and he gives purpose to this thing he's made. And then God comes to dwell in and among his people. He comes to dwell in this cosmos that he's made. So instead of being a tack-on, this weird, strange tack-on where God is sleepy, in fact, this is God coming to live and dwell in and among what he has made. It's actually, it's actually when we talk about God dwelling in his temple in other places in the Old Testament, we call it the resting place. This is God's resting place. That's exactly what's going on here in Genesis chapter 1. God is coming to dwell and to bring his good order to bear in this world. Notice, if you look at the chapter each day, days one through six, has the introductory concluding formula. There was evening and morning, day one. Evening and morning, day two. Evening and morning, day three. Right. And yet, that does not appear in day seven. What, what's the point? What's the author trying to kind of give it, get us to understand? God has fashioned and given purpose to what he's made, days one through six. Mm-hmm. And in day seven, here comes Yahweh to dwell in and among what he's made and to bring that purpose and function and beauty into the world. It's as if day seven is meant to last forever. We're supposed to enjoy Mm. the rest of this, of being in relationship with this good God who has ordered this good word, this good world for his glory and for our joy. So day seven is meant to be unending. Day seven is meant to be the experience of human beings in this world, but that gets broken. We're going to see very quickly in the story that that gets broken because of what we call the fall. But 
what's so interesting is before we get to Genesis chapter 3, humanity is brought into this picture of God's good order and God's good purpose in this world in that we are made to reflect that good order in everything that we do. We've talked about this uh, in a previous podcast that what we are meant to do in this world is to is to bring God's goodness to bear as image bearers of him. We reflect that goodness and we reflect that order in the world. It's a beautiful picture that we get in Genesis chapter 1. And when the concept of Sabbath is brought up later on, it's brought up to say, remember the Sabbath rest. Remember day seven. Remember, in fact, you are not the center of the cosmos. You are not the center of the universe. What you do, your work is not the center of everything. God is the one who came to dwell. God is the one who brings order. God is the one who uh, brings goodness in this world. And every the rhythm of my week as a Jewish person is to stop, mm. to Shabbat, and reflect on that, to, to be reminded of that. And that is really profound. They mark every single week by this stopping and remembering. And I know you've been to Israel yeah. uh, and you were there on a Shabbat day. What what was it like? Yeah, I mean, it really was from the moment you wake up, uh, you know, so the the hotel it was um, that we would stay in, you'd wake up for breakfast normally and they had a a guy at a grill that was making you omelets. Um, when you came down on, on Shabbat, uh, there was fruit and yogurt laid out because um, they weren't going to be down there cooking. And I'm sure they laid it out at sun, before Pro- sundown on, on Friday night. Sundown yeah. on, on Friday night. Um, the elevators, you know, so we were in a tall hotel. I don't remember, 20 floors or something like that. I, I could be remembering that wrong, but a tall, tall, tall hotel. And the elevators, instead of pushing a button to go to your floor, there would be a Shabbat elevator that would just stop at every floor. Um, so that literally you would That's just so fascinating. Yeah. So literally you would get on the elevator. Um, now they still had one, you could get on and push the button for people who weren't observing, but for those who wanted to observe, um, and not push a button, there would be an elevator that would just stop on every floor. So you just walk in and get off on your floor. And that's kind of the way it was everywhere. Everything was just slower. It was quieter. Even in, in we, I was in Jerusalem on Shabbat. And so that's really cool. Yeah, so instead of having, um, I mean, Jerusalem's a bustling city, um, but everything was just a little bit more quiet, a little bit more still, um, and everything just slowed down a lot on Shabbat. So if you think about it, what the, what the weekly rhythm for uh, a Hebrew person and even practicing Jews to this day there was a weekly rhythm to Shabbat, to mm-hmm. stop, to be together as a family. It's not just to lounge around right. and you know catch up on Netflix. Right. Uh, the purpose of it was to be together, to, to sing, mm-hmm. to remind, to think, to celebrate, to eat together, mm-hmm. and re- be, be reminded that my work and my striving and my effort in this world is not the center of the universe. In fact, God is is and he's dwelling in this cosmos and I'm to reflect on that and that's a that's a lot to to ask of a person every single week and right. it actually begins a pattern that we see in the scripture a pattern of sevens that we don't have time to go into all of them <laughs> right. but there's a pattern of sevens that we see literally all over the Hebrew culture and we see it all over our Old Testament in fact the 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 way that we mark time is by you know, yearly seasons and yearly holidays. And the same thing was true of the ancient Israelite culture and the modern practicing Jew. And there was a holiday rhythm calendar that was based on the number seven, just like our week is based on the number seven. And that number for uh, the Hebrew culture was the, as it carries with it the idea of like completeness or wholeness. So think about the, we'll just build one little domino here. Mm-hmm. Seven day week, 
to remind us that God is the one who brings rest and goodness in this world. We're supposed to Shabbat and stop and remember it. There are seven festivals, seven feasts in a year, and each of those are to remind us that God is the one who brings order and goodness where the fall of humanity has brought brokenness and disorder. So seven holidays, seven feasts a year. On the seventh year, it's supposed to be a Shabbat year, a Sabbath year for the land and for humans to remember that God is the one who sustains them. God is the one who provides for them. And on the seven times 70 year, it's the Jubilee year, this year where all debt is released and all land that has changed hands goes back to their ancestral tribes. It's like this amazing day of forgiveness and restoration in the land. And all of this is essentially coming down to this number of seven. Mm -hmm. And that is rooted in this Genesis 1 account in this concept of Shabbat, to stop and to remember in this Jubilee year, this moment where all debt is repaid and where this amazing restoration comes, that is the very thing that Jesus is proclaiming when he comes in. And we've been studying the Gospel of Luke. If you look at Luke chapter 4, what we see is Jesus comes in. And out of nowhere, he goes to Nazareth, his hometown, and out of nowhere, he finds, we're told that in, in the Gospel writer Luke tells us, he finds this place, Isaiah 61, and he's got a little section of Isaiah 50, 58, and he reads and proclaims, Jubilee year is here. Yeah. The, the, jub, the rest for God's people is now here, and that's a fine teaching, and everybody should hear that and go, okay, Jesus, great, that's wonderful, you found, you, you must like Isaiah 61, cool, <laughs> but then notice what Jesus does. This is very unusual. He then says, today, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. Yeah. I am the rest. I am the jubilee. I am the one who brings restoration. I am the, the true rest for God's people. God coming to dwell with his people, that is being fulfilled in me. And that's why the religious leaders go, wait a second, a human shouldn't do that. This is an important festival for us. This is something significant for us. And Jesus said, no, no, no. The symbol of Sabbath is met in me. The rest that God is providing is met in me. And so when Jesus is doing all this stuff on the Sabbath, it's not just to antagonize and it's not just to make the religious leaders of his day angry because they're too legalistic. In fact, it's a worldview allegiance competition. Jesus is calling the nation of Israel and the world to come to him. Remember Matthew 11. He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Right. Jesus is saying, orient around me, follow me, come to me. And the religious leaders of the day are going, no, that, that can't be. We follow Torah. We follow Sabbath. We follow the law. And now we're having a battle of, of kingdoms, in yeah. a sense. And that's what Jesus is declaring with all of this Sabbath stuff when he walks in and says, no, no, no I'm Lord Got of the it. Sabbath. I'm the one who's the Lord of the Sabbath. So just to see if I'm, I'm getting this right. So from, from Genesis, the point of Sabbath is that the Lord God, the sovereign God dwells among his people. Right. So they would practice this rhythm of weekly Sabbath to remember that God is Lord and that God is among them, and that he, he's the ruler who brings their rest and meaning to their lives. Yes. So Jesus shows up and says, he is the Lord who dwells among them. Yes. Jesus is mm -hmm. what Sabbath is all about. He mm -hmm. brings Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, when he is doing healing on Sabbath day and, and ministry on Sabbath day, he's showing, I do ministry on Sabbath day because I am the Lord the Sabbath is all about. And him saying that he is... 
the Lord among them is what's so offensive. It's it's him claiming to be everything Sabbath was about. I just literally got goosebumps while you were talking about all that because it's just <laughs> yeah. it's just such a beautiful picture. Yeah. The the thing that Sabbath was about, Jesus is demonstrating yeah. by healing on the Sabbath, by bringing restoration on the Sabbath. And it became a major point of contention in the early church yeah. because the Sabbath was a, a cultural symbol. It was a marker for the Jewish people that this is who we are. We're Yahweh's people. We practice the Sabbath. And the, one of the key questions of the early church was, should Gentile Christians adopt Jewish practices, including mm-hmm. the Sabbath? And what the New Testament writers and Paul seem to say is, no, we don't have to. This new kingdom has broken through where Jesus has fulfilled that symbol of the Sabbath. So what does it look like for us to practice Sabbath? It's very different. We don't have a sundown to sundown, Friday to Saturday. I do think it's important as we're going through this clarity, uh, this clarity season, this clarity book, and we're we're marking our year by the Christian calendar. It would be maybe a, a helpful suggestion. I'm, I've been processing what this might look like for my life to be more intentional, mm-hmm. not to stop and to veg out and to turn our brains off. That's not what the Sabbath was ever meant to do. Yeah, but to Shabbat to stop. And carve out intentional time to reflect that God is the one who brings order. God is the one who brings goodness. And he's culminated all of that in the person of Jesus. And Jesus, as God's son, has declared that he is the rest. By the way, this is what Hebrews 3 and 4 is reflecting on, which never made sense to me either until now understanding what the Sabbath was all about. So as as our church is engaged in this clarity season, I wonder what it would look like to be more intentional as families, as community groups, as congregations, to carve out an intentional day or intentional portion of a day to just reflect and to slow down in the crazy busyness of our world where everything's at the touch of a button. And even in our stopping time, we are constantly bombarded with screens and work Mm -hmm. and emails and phone calls and texts. We don't ever Shabbat. Right. And therefore, it can become really difficult, I think, for us to be uh, intentionally reminded that God is the one in control. In fact, it seems like for most Americans, myself, you know, example number one, I tend to think I'm the one at the center of this whole thing. My life and my views and my vision and my dreams and my... And the purpose of Shabbat is to stop and be reminded that that's not the case. And God's the one who brings beauty and order. And then I'm to reflect that. Hmm. Well, that's, that's really helpful, and hopefully for all of us listening, that'll give us a, a frame and a picture for both understanding what Jesus is doing in these Sabbath passages and then what enjoying the Sabbath rest of Jesus looks like in our own lives. Uh, thanks for listening to Clarity Podcast. <laughs>